So hi, I'm Ian O'Donnell, a master's student at the IIT Institute of Design, and welcome to the IIT Institute of Design podcast series. So design and design methods have been employed by businesses for nearly a century to address fundamental questions surrounding innovation, questions of who to serve, what to make and deliver, and how these things should be delivered. So as the challenges that design addressed grew larger, from products and services to systems and thinking about how organizations cope with and stay ahead of change, other areas beyond business have taken notice and begun to employ design's capabilities. Our topic of discussion today is one of those other areas, social impact and more specifically global development. Recently, we brought Robert Fabricant, co-founder and principal of the Dahlberg Design Impact Group and leader of applying design in a global development context to the Institute of Design for a three-day workshop. During this workshop, we began to explore topic spaces familiar to the global development community, but mostly foreign to designers, spaces of mediation and conflict resolution, community-based development, behavioral science, and urban planning. We're exploring these spaces in hopes of better understanding and codifying where design overlaps with these spaces and to prototype tools designers could use to engage more productively with various stakeholders when moving throughout a design project in the social impact space. With that, I'd like to introduce Robert. Uh, Robert, could you tell me a little about your story and what inspired you to start DIG? Yeah, thanks, Ian. You know, my story has, is a twisting one, like many folks in the design field, and I went from thinking about individual products and then, and then services that wrap around them to more kind of connected experiences. The more you peel back those layers, the more you start to realize that there are a whole set of dynamics that influence people's feel and find meaning in the sort of environment and relationships and information. And when you start asking those questions, maybe for a company in healthcare like Mayo Clinic, but pretty soon, you just want to ask them for healthcare in general and not necessarily find yourself uh, anchored so much to a given institution. And so, at first, kind of just being fortunate to have the opportunity to work with organizations like UNICEF and others that are working in environments where some of those basic questions of how you make systems work for people are very much up for grabs. It's a great space for designers, but a really humbling one and uh, learning a lot of lessons quickly that many of the approaches and, and assumptions we make as designers, the types of environments and talent we usually work with, that all those things, while a really useful compliment, don't always hit the mark. And so... Um, after working in uh, a few different areas at Frog to try and find that sweet spot, uh, me and a colleague started to wonder whether we would be able to be even more effective if we took design practice and stuck it in a different environment. Um, and I think as part of that, recognized that the issues we wanted to work on involved communities around the world. They involved many stakeholders like governments and others with a whole huge set of responsibilities and competing interests that, you know, extend over a great long period of time. And, you know, as designers, as much as we're excited to um, offer some creative approaches to those same uh, types of situations, we didn't believe that the design practice end to end alone or offer all the right answers. And so uh, that's why we, we look for a different home. Awesome. Thank you for that introduction to uh, yourself and your background. So I mentioned earlier that one of the key things that we were excited about this workshop was exploring areas of overlap between design and some of these areas within the social impact and more specifically development sector. So I wanted to get your read on what was your really your impetus for engaging with the Institute of Design uh, around exploring these topic spaces and where to take them. Yeah, great. That's a, that's a great question. And um, 
I'd say, you know, I was really uh, excited to have the opportunity to spend a couple days at the Institute and kind of clear my head and, and focus on some questions that have been on my mind. And I felt like IIT was the right place to do it because the Institute's really, I think, led the charge in figuring out how to bring together design and strategic thinking to impact kind of business and organizations. And that's, that's really where the Institute has built up a unique kind of knowledge and approach. And um, I think that's been really successful and we're seeing that the, the payoff uh, in the business world now. But as we look to the sort of topics and organizations I work with, um, I think that, that alchemy needs to be rethought a little bit. And there's a different sort of blend of skills that uh, bring together aspects of design and different forms of creative, qualitative, and strategic thinking that I think are going to help kind of move the needle on these issues and help us get our arms around them. And so, you know, when I think back about my own journey as a designer, you know, from kind of uh, being in a very design exclusive environment um, where maybe added an engineer or two to being an environment in which there was such a diverse set of skills around business and marketing and, and technology and all that stuff, you know, I'm kind of craving and looking for the new kind of alchemy of what that that multidisciplinary environment would be about to uh, work in on some of the topics we work on around the world and global health and, and um, you know, uh, inclusive business and all the rest of it. And so this was really an opportunity to sort of ask that question and, and uh, use the students who are so well versed and so flexible in their thinking at IIT to sort of say, OK, what if we started to look for uh, sort of the the other skills that are really impactful in global development and social impact and how and where are those crossover opportunities, you know, the same way that um, design adopted and brought in ethnography and user research over the last 15, 20 years in the corporate space, you know, maybe we need to do it with conflict resolution and mediation or behavioral science or something else. So it was really for me a chance to sort of put out there and look to the students to sort of show me where they saw the crossover opportunities, what we could learn from other forms of participatory engagement and methods that are used and, and established for engaging communities and um, driving social change and just kind of see where where and how we can mix that cocktail. So that was the impetus. And I felt like, you know, IT was really the exactly right place to do that. Great. And yeah, I think that's that's really interesting because a lot of a lot of us in the design world, I feel like, want to go into new spaces and say, I'm a designer, look what I can do. But we haven't really taken the time to step back and say, hmm, where am I actually needed within this world? And something you said earlier about um, in the development world specifically, there's a lot of different responsibilities and competing interests. I was curious, kind of, if you could elaborate a little bit more on some of those competing interests and whether you think design really does have a specific place to play within those competing interests and how might that be? So uh, that's a really good question. I think that um, it's something that we are still learning about. I mean, we see every day that there is, uh, in the work that we do, that there is often a gap between folks who focus on uh, the very community grassroots level, driving change and delivering services, and the folks who might be looking more at a strategic investment level about making the right choices, whether it's a government or foundation or somebody like that. And there's just a big gap there. They don't always speak the same language, and they don't always see how changes that might improve and reach and um, motivate people 
to um, shift their behavior and change their lives. And let's see how that stuff can be kind of scaled up sometimes and, and, and where and how to connect it to sort of bigger agendas and bigger uh, priorities. And so, you know, I think design is really uniquely suited to kind of fill that gap. I think we have the right mix of very hands-on grassroots skills, but the ability to translate those into broader solutions, whether it's products and services, whether it's new program ideas, also the ability to elevate and communicate kind of the, the needs and opportunities people face every day in a way that really reaches and um, motivates decision makers. But at the same time, we're not doing it purely for research, you know. Um, a lot of the folks that we encounter who do a lot of the more kind of qualitative and participatory stuff, you know, they come from a research mindset. And on the one hand, they're doing a lot of really rigorous work to try and answer a question and trying to get at a truth. But, you know, the application of that sometimes gets lost. And so I feel like we're in the application business where we're trying to apply learnings very, very quickly and rapidly. And that's not kind of the strength of a lot of the research and kind of ethnography community. Um, and at the same time, we're in the business of really trying to connect things directly to people's lives and see what we can do to introduce new programs or experiences into their lives in a way that's a lot more concrete than some of the strategy and, and broader investment that goes on. So I think we just really have a very powerful opportunity to play in that space. And I think the learning for us is that a small team, as long as you're connected enough to people who understand how to leverage both research and investment and all those other pieces, you can get a lot done. And you can strengthen the value of insights and learnings out of research. And you can more, more quickly test out models that might be working through longer cycle funding and investment and policy kind of channels. And so that's where we try and play. And, um, you know, it really relies on partnerships throughout. And it definitely stretches the boundaries of what a lot of our designers think their skills should be used for. So sometimes we're designing investment funds or leadership programs or working with policymakers, stuff that seems a whole lot removed. But connecting that back to people's lives in a way that um, is much more grounded than it would be otherwise, you know, that's kind of for us, I think it's turned out to be a pretty big playing field, but we're still getting good at it, you know, um, and still trying to understand what are the tools and approaches that can um, bring some scale to what we're learning that can motivate people at a grassroots level and, and a more sort of strategic policy level. Very cool. So we had these four topics that we went with. Were there like specific instances that you've been out in field because like i know the mediation conflict resolution one is a big that's one obviously highly on your mind since you're taking your team to senegal for a long training period on that i'm curious were there specific situations that you've encountered in your work where you're like man we just don't have the skills to do this and why the topics that you came to us with yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, A, we have that feeling every day. You know, I think our whole team at different points in time in terms of both the skills and the knowledge, um, we're constantly asking ourselves questions about, you know, how and what, you know, can we can we contribute that's relevant to situations that are, you know, very, very, they can be very, very overwhelming. And so there are a couple angles into, and, and obviously we had a good dialogue with you and, and the, the faculty at IIT to figure out, well, where are there potential crossover skills that have some already relationship to design? So we could have thrown something like policy in the mix, but that's a huge bridge to build um, and not necessarily something that um, I would count on students, even grad students, to know how to jump into. So we're looking for stuff that had some 
relationship already to sort of some qualitative and, and, and creative methods, but approach them from a very different way, you know, and so would recognize some elements of a design practice so it wouldn't feel completely unfamiliar, but at the same time, you know, offered things that we felt we could really learn from and, and to some degree we're, we're jealous of. So when it comes to kind of mediation conflict resolution, you know, it's really about, you know, how do we, given some of the, our work is very immersive, but we, we sometimes only have a few weeks to spend in a community. How can we do a better job of first diagnosing the underlying dynamics? So we may be coming in to try and look at a public health need, like getting women and, and young pregnant mothers to visit a clinic more regularly. But the truth is a lot of the challenges related to that dynamic may have to do much more with what's going on in terms of the the cultural context in terms of the conflicts and other things and the power dynamics that, that, that shape that community. And, you know, it's not our, our job to necessarily solve all those issues and, and we don't presume to be able to do it, but to come in and, 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 and just jump in with your intuition and not be able to have the right tools to sort of assess that landscape felt really important. And the other thing is that we do a lot of participatory work where we're co-creating and we're assuming that, um, there's a general spirit of, you know, willingness and openness to those sorts of activities, but that doesn't always mean it's a truly balanced conversation, you know, and I've seen how very talented designers can, without realizing it, kind of overwhelm or, or, or dominate those sort of co-creation type dynamics. So how to use mediation and other things to make sure you're constantly finding that common ground, because that's really, really important. So, so one, one example, I think with some of the stuff we were doing about um, urban planning, you know, having worked in the Resilient Cities movement and mediated and looked at where the interactions people have in a physical environment could change and be improved, you know, it does get to some more fundamental questions around kind of how you work at big scale, you know, and how do you institutionalize within the structure of a government or a city, different mindset towards its citizens. And, you know, we can prototype that, but we don't really know how to institutionalize it. So it's another example where really just curious how that emerged, how, um, what approach folks in that field take, how do they talk about design? Because we're not the only ones who do it. What do they do to uh, pilot and prototype things that they know have to work in a big scale? And how do they look even at those questions of piloting and prototyping when, when they have that big canvas in mind versus, you know, some of the work we do. So these are all places where, you know, as good examples where we're just kind of bumping up against the limits of what design, uh, traditional design practice has uh, been able to accomplish and looked at other practices that we felt had some affinity, but had accomplished and were able to accomplish different things. Um, and sometimes some of those things are really intimate. You know, mediation can work at a very small scale, but, you know, the organizations that we've been talking to, you know, are finding ways to kind of bring whole communities into a dialogue in a way that, um, you know, human-centered design often has a focus on the individual. So there's just, you know, any number of learnings that I think we could take away. And I think we started to see that over the course of the couple of days we spent kicking these around. But, you know, there's a lot further we can go. And I think as a design kind of uh, field, I think we're, we, we need to take that step back right now and be a little more humble and not just kind of act like we're the ones who just discovered that you can use these sorts of methods in, in, in the field of, of impact and development, but really um, kind of look to see what we can learn from, uh, from other practitioners. Yeah, and I think that segues nicely into my next question in terms of we by no means came to any kind of full resolution in our short period of time together, but I wanted to ask you or some of the most interesting or maybe some of the most surprising things that came out of your short time here at ID. One of the first things I was really excited that came out of the time together was just how eager 
uh, a lot of the students that I was working with were to explore some of these fields, how much they were aware of the, or, or intrigued by what these fields were accomplishing. And so in that sense, I was just excited that people wanted to delve in a little bit deeper. And it was kind of gratifying to be able to give them an excuse that would allow them to do that and see kind of a little bit more just what they found, you know? I mean, it's a lot to just look at if any of these fields over just a couple of days if you're not an expert in it. And then I'd say the other thing that was pretty nice was finding out that different students already had backgrounds in some of these fields so that there were uh, there was some existing grounding and knowledge to pull from. So that was super cool. Um, I think that, you know, it was an interesting experience because I think initially people did feel a little bit overwhelmed with trying to map out these spaces and sort of create clearer kind of strategic picture of what each of these fields are about. And that was hugely useful to me, but I think it also reached a point at which we had to kind of dig in and figure out a little bit more concretely, well, what questions are we trying to answer? What is it in each of these fields that stands out relative to design? And I, I hinted at that in my last answer, but understanding that from the perspective of urban planning, what really stood out relative to design was this notion of scale and institutionalization, you know? And what I think really stood out about the conflict resolution stuff was this notion of community and equity. And, you know, you start to find that there are some real anchors to where these fields have a lot of depth and where design has been a little um, more cursory in our thinking. So from there, I think, um, you know, it, it was it took a bit of a nudge to get the teams to now think about, well, what's one way? we could kind of bridge that and what are some quick tools that could help us frame and translate between uh, these various fields and help folks on both sides of the fence understand how and what the benefits are of collaboration. And there was a lot of commonality there as well. There was this sense that the, the key part of this is that kind of prototyping spirit. So how does that become relevant in each of these areas and how do each of these fields do their own forms of prototyping or piloting? And I'd say, you know, uh, for me, that really reinforced the core message here, which is that we had picked fields that have some core affinity to what we're doing, that we already believe in creative and qualitative approaches as opposed to coming from a very different frame and mindset. And once we got to that point, it was pretty exciting because I think there were lots of very small concrete things that we could do to start to imagine how to translate that. A lot of it through case studies and examples, simple communication tools to translate and apply and, and transpose methods. Um, and along the way, kind of recognizing that to be successful in that, we have to drop a lot of our own language and be willing to accept that the way other folks frame something like prototyping may be just as good or better. Um, so how do we meet them halfway? And it was very interesting to see the different teams kind of work that through, either as games or other things, to kind of facilitate mostly that dialogue, which um, I think is the piece that, you know, moving forward, I'm trying to foster here is a bit more of that dialogue. And I think along the way, we'll find some really unique crossover methods and approaches, but it, it really felt like the core answer was to, to sort of foster that dialogue, to listen and learn and transpose a lot of common values, but recognize a lot of significant learnings that we could draw from combining the two different approaches. Yeah, I, I think that that was a really great recap of what came out because I know that was one of the most interesting things for me was something we do here at ID quite a bit is taking something that is really, really broad and making it very concrete in a very short period of time. I think that a lot of times 
students here at the Institute of Design can get a little bogged down, uh, I would actually say bogged up in the clouds. They, they have a bit of a hard time coming down to reality when the problem is so big. So that was just really cool for me to see how we could get concrete really, really fast and bring some things to life that could start spurring some of those dialogues. So kind of lastly, I wanted to ask you, given that you spent a lot of time in more the industry side of things, the business world, and now you've moved into the social impact development world, I'm wondering, do you think there are things that you have learned in your time in the social impact world that could be taken and applied back to design in the business world? And if so, what might be some of those things? Yeah, that's another really great question. And one thing I will say that's fundamentally different about the world that we work in now, there's a couple things actually that I feel like are very different. The first is that very few of our engagements are simple bilateral client service arrangements. We're constantly working with a broader set of stakeholders that represent communities, government, uh, they may represent specific businesses or organizations, and we're trying to kind of align first around what are the common needs and, and challenges that are that cut across these different groups and ultimately are shaping people's lives and behavior. And so in that sense, I feel like, you know, it's uh, if I think back about when I was working uh, more straight up for like business and private sector clients, I feel like it was easy to sidestep some of those externalities. You know, what is it in the culture, what is it in policy, what is it in the uh, public sector that's shaping and, or could shape and optimize kind of the potential outcomes of a project. And, you know, getting used to how you weave together those different interests, whether it's different parts of a, within a business, different parts of an organization, or whether it's kind of pulling in some of these stakeholders that don't, don't always have a voice and looking for a more kind of balanced dialogue. So I'd say that's one thing. I'd say the second thing is a little bit more of this community focus, a little less individual, but more how do you work with groups and communities, uh, bring creative processes into those groups and communities as opposed to focusing on an individual and their needs. Um, and then maybe a, a third possibility is just time scale. You know, the, the, world, the world we work in is pretty challenged in terms of both kind of resources and the problems we work on, but one of the luxuries we do have is a lot of the organizations we work with are invested in a very long cycle of change. And um, it's hard to achieve that in business. It's hard to find the client who has a long view, so to speak, of where uh, healthcare in the, in the United States could go to the point where you can start to move and invest in that longer range uh, learning and that longer range, those longer range opportunities. So those are things that to my mind start to feel a little different and would probably have a pretty big impact on me if I started trying to redirect my practice back to um, more focus on, on individual businesses and their needs, I would probably try and find those other dimensions or bring those other dimensions into the work. I think ultimately it's going to achieve more kind of lasting value and, um, and be more fulfilling for uh, everybody involved. Awesome. Well, that's about uh, all the questions that I have. Any final thoughts or reflections on your time spent here? Uh, just it was a real treat, and uh, it definitely... Um, help to recharge me and um, something I've been bringing, bringing back to our team. So we're going to be running our team through some trainings in some of these fields, starting with um, mediation conflict resolution and, and uh, hopefully report back on how that does help sort of change and evolve our practice.
Well, wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it was a real, real treat for us to have you here too. I know everyone in the student body and the faculty got a lot out of it. Everyone that I've spoke to just raved about your time here. So we really, really appreciate it. And I know I personally got a lot out of just kind of watching you run a workshop and just being able to dialogue and interface with you the whole time. It was really, really fantastic and formative to me as I embark out on to my design career. Well, that's awesome. Thank you, Ian. It's been great. Uh, it was great to work with you one-on-one -on -one a lot and uh, get your support through this process and stir the pot a little bit. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Thanks.